0: All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three.
1: Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we're about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world. The instigators making a dent. The people changing how we do sales and marketing. Leading innovation. The people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts.
0: Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schneck. You know, there is an awful lot of technology out there that a lot of us take for granted. We're going to talk about one of those today. It's a conversation I've never really had. I've never gone deep into what we're going to talk about today. So I'm I'm uh, looking forward to this. I think we're all going to learn something. Pretty cool stuff, pretty cool company. Let's get to it. Say hello to my guest. His name is Bruno Loigi. He is the founder of iText. Bruno, welcome to the show. Hello. It's good to have you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you're over there, so it's uh, good to connect with you overseas. So, well, uh, thank you for making time to join us. Uh, Bruno, before we get into a conversation around iText, take a quick second, inform the audience a bit about you and your background.
1: So, I'm Bruno Luashi. I'm born in Belgium, and I still live in Belgium. I had my first computer at the age of 12. That was in 1982, so I was an early adopter. <laughs> and uh-huh. I wrote my own. So back then software was really expensive. So I wrote my own database system. I wrote my own word processor, and I even had my own small business at the age of 14. Nice. Because, um, so I had this database and I didn't have anything to put in the database. So I went to all these organizations like cultural organizations or just groups of people. And I asked them, can I have your member lists? And so they, they said, hey, this 14-year-old, what, what's he asking our member list, member list for? And so they gave the, their lists anyway. I put them all into my database. And I, when I returned them, I returned them with printed labels. So in 1984, people, when they wanted to send a mail to all their members, they had to write it manually. And now for the first time, they had printed labels. So I gave the first set for free. And then they used them and they came back and they said, hey, we, we, we'd, we'd like another set of labels. And then obviously I said, well, these labels aren't for free. And so that's how I sold. I, I had the first label business at the age of 14.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a great story. You know, why, why is it that all the great entrepreneurs out there all do something interesting like that? Uh, that's, a, that's a cool story. All right. Well, let's dive into iTech. So talk mm-hmm. about what that is and how you serve your market. Well, iText
1: is a PDF engine. What does does it mean when I say an engine? Well, before iText, PDF was something that was created on the desktop. So uh, a graphic designer or or an author would go and manually type a text or design some graphics, and then he would push a button and create a PDF. Now, why did I write iText? I needed to create PDF on the fly without any human intervention. So for instance, you have a database and you want to create a PDF automatically without a human having to type the text or whatever has to be in the PDF. I needed this for my, uh, at one of my jobs. So I was working at Ghent University and we had all these students and I was responsible to rewrite the complete student administration software and lists of students and Report cards and grades and stuff like that. We, we really needed a lot of those documents and Before the project before I started the project there was a clipper application So a dos application that only worked with an HP printer and it couldn't be uh, a network printer So that was the only way that the application before I started that project could produce documents So printed documents and I promised the university. Well, I'll create PDF because that way, you can see a document on whatever platform you want, or if it's a Mac or a DOS machine or Linux, whatever. PDF is platform independent. So if I give you PDF, you can have these digital documents. Now, one of the things that I, I kind of, the reason why I put so much effort into iText was that I grew up with the dream or maybe more a utopia of the paperless office and the paperless world. And so that was something that in the 70s, as a child, I've I've heard a lot of the paperless world. And my idea was that computers would make this dream happen, would would realize that this. But what I saw was that the more computers found their entry into the office, the more paper was produced. And so with iText, I wanted to create something that would bring this dream of the paperless world closer to us. So, before at the university, they had documents that were produced by printing them to a printer on paper only, and I introduced this PDF, and of course at start, so PDF, as the origin of PDF is it was a format to have a reliable way, way, a reliable way to print documents, but it evolved, and my idea was instead of printing, for instance, the, the grades of the students, why not send them by mail? in a digital document. That way, maybe students won't have to, maybe we won't have to print these documents because you have to imagine when, when the graduation of, of students, that's a big ceremony. And then there's this whole stack of paper with all the grades. And then there's chaos of, of, of getting your report card and stuff like that. I remember how chaotic it was when I was in college. And so I said, when I create a PDF, we can mail these documents to the students even before the proclamation. And so that's what happens today. So iText made that possible. And that's what I tried to achieve with iText, create documents that have added value when compared to paper documents. For instance, in Europe, digital signatures are very hot. So as compared with a wet signature, if you if you put your signature on a paper, you can still change something on a document and the signature won't change. With a digital signature, If you change something to the document, the digital signature will be invalidated. So I'm looking at PDF, not from the perspective of the initial goal of PDF, printing documents, but I'm always looking at PDF in the sense of how can I add something to a document that adds value when compared to paper documents.
0: Uh, Very cool stuff. Bruno, I you know I, I do a lot of work in Google Docs, right? And so when mm-hmm. I create a, a a document or a spreadsheet or or maybe it's in the form of an invoice or what have you, I can I can flip a switch and, and generate a PDF and then I can email that to someone. That's 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 the old school way of, of, of creating and, and sending a PDF. Um, help me understand how it works, though. I mean, so you can automate this, and, and you're not talking about one solo entrepreneur like me. You're talking probably about a bigger organization that might see the value of automating that process and, and doing those kinds of, of changes that you were just talking about. How does it actually work? Is, is, it a, is it in the cloud? Is it an app? Help me understand how do I actually use iText. Well,
1: it could be in the cloud. For instance, Google Calendar or Google Spreadsheets. If you if you click on that button, it's actually iText that creates the PDF. So uh, Google uses a very old version of iText, but it could also be just on a, on a web server. For instance, if you if you plan a trip and you have a, an airplane ticket, you want to get your boarding pass. You click on some button, and your boarding pass is generated. Most of the times, it's it's iText that is behind, hmm. um, but the, 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 the mass production of PDFs is for instance well let's say that you have a portfolio of investments and each customer of, of a bank, let's say that, that your customer of a bank, each, each customer of this bank has a different portfolio and of all these companies in portfolio there are documents that are generated for instance with the stock the the uh, the expectations for the next quarter and stuff like that so this bank as a service to its customers it has all all these separate documents for if every every possible company that you could have an investment in and then in an automated way they create personalized like bundles of documents that are sent automatically to their customers. So you would get a portfolio, a document with information about company A, B and C. I could get from the same bank where I'm a customer, a portfolio with documentation about company D, E and F and so on. So it's really a way to create documents for, for different purposes. Like if you, if, you, if you order a ticket for, for, for Cirque du Soleil, for instance, these are really nice, nicely designed PDFs, so these PDFs are made by hand by by on a desktop by by a graphical designer, but then you you get your ticket and it says it it has your name on it, it has the date, maybe the 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 row where you're sitting so this is added to these human designed PDFs with iText. so there's no human on the back end adding this this address and stuff like that it's just imported from a database and stamped on on that human-designed PDF. So that's
0: that's another use of iText. Got it. All right. Bruno and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. People know leadership and creating a culture are critical factors for a successful organization. Not every executive can bring these factors to life. Dr. Rebecca Staten-Reinstein, president of Advantage Leadership, works with companies from around the world who want to engage employees and delight customers to guarantee bottom-line success. She has already documented the winning formula for strategic leadership in Success Planning, a how-to guide for strategic planning and conventional wisdom, how today's leaders plan, perform and progress like the Founding Fathers. To learn more, visit AdvantageLeadership.com. That's AdvantageLeadership.com. All right. I'm back with Bruno Luagy, the founder of iTechs. So, Bruno, I've heard you talk about these developer libraries. So what exactly is that? Why are they important? And it seems to me that they seem to be getting more popular. Is that true?
1: Yeah. So... Back in the old days when I started writing code, so uh, in the 80s, at uh, the end of the 80s, there wasn't much reuse of code because most of the code was proprietary. So every company protected their own code. And so every company had to reinvent the wheel. And so this changed somewhere well, end of the 90s. So I, I published my first open source library in 98. So what happened was that developers said well why not open the source code because if so, if everybody reinvents the wheel again everybody makes the same mistakes or, or different mistakes but if we open up our source our source code then the more eyes there are the more people who will find mistakes and, and fix them so that's how the first open source libraries evolved uh, or, uh, or emerged so i published my first open source library in 98 iText, the first release was in 2000, and I distributed iText free as in free beer as an engine Mm. so that people could use it in their software so that they wouldn't have to read the PDF specification so that they wouldn't have to build everything from scratch. And of course, I was just a single developer and, and the summer, a Portuguese developer joined the project. But of course, we made some mistakes and there were other people who said, hey, I've I've encountered a bug. Why don't you fix it? Or I have fixed it. So that's how how the engine became much more robust and much more stable. And how we kind of every time improve the engine. So adding new functionality. And so now you have a stack of of many different libraries, PDF library, but you also have for instance, libraries to read word files or security libraries and so on. And you see that instead of having to create a complete project from A to Z from scratch, you see that developers now take diff- different libraries, combine them to create a new application or, well, could be a desktop application, but nowadays it's more like we combine different libraries and we uh, add our extra source, and we have a SaaS application, for instance.
0: Interesting. Really, really cool. You know, it seems to me, Bruno, that PDFs have been around a long time, and, and like, any, like any tool, like any technology, it evolves and changes. I would love for you to comment on where it's come from, and more interestingly, I can't imagine a world without it. Where's it going? I mean, how is that how is the the, the basic utilization of a PDF going to, going to going to continue to change? I mean, is it going to change? I mean, I, I got to think that guys like you are going to figure out even better and more interesting ways for us to leverage that.
1: Well, as I already said, the initial goal was to have a reliable way to to present documents. And so, printing was one of the first use cases, but that's that's in 93, so uh, I, a PDF is already more than 20 years old. Wow. We saw that over the years, more and more features were added, like uh, in 99, digital signatures were added, or even in 96, you had interactive PDFs where you could fill out a form. And what we see now is that we have more and more standards for specific niches. Well. For instance, in Germany, there's a standard based on PDF-A. PDF a stands for archiving. It means that we are going to create PDFs that, well, in, in America, they say, the PDFs have to be readable and valid for as long as the Republic exists. So that's until eternity. So what well, is this, this PDF-A? It's a subset of pdf a, of PDF, sorry, a subset of PDF. And everyone agreed that we wouldn't change anything to this subset. The only thing that we would do was, was if there was new functionality, we would create, for instance, after PDF-A, we would create after PDF-A1, we would create PDF-A2, and we would add these features, but always keeping into account that this, these documents have to be consumable for many years in the future. That's different with Word, for instance. I don't know if you remember, but if you upgraded your Word version, uh, most of your documents had a completely different presentation or layout. Mm-hmm. And so PDFA, PDF-A tries to, to avoid this problem. And so, this Suchwert in, in Germany is a standard where they use PDFA to create invoices, invoices that aren't only for human beings, so not only readable for humans. that also that are also readable by machines because an invoice currently we have two types of invoices we have invoices that are meant for humans and then somebody has to scan these invoices and and find where is the the total amount that i have to pay where is the sales tax and that's very error prone because it there's this it's human so there's always room for error and then on the other end of the spectrum you have eds so electronic data, so EDIs, sorry, uh, where you have XML invoices in XML. And these invoices are only meant for, for machines to read. But if, if, if a human being receives this invoice in XML, he says, hey, wh- what's this about? Uh, I can read it, but I don't understand what it says. And so PDF A3 was like the, the a good starting point for ZUGVET, for this German standard, to combine both and to have a PDF that is visible is readable for for humans and also for machines so that the machine can't mistake the the sales tax with for instance a discount and so everything is is really structured so we have structure into the pdf and such an invoice for instance once this standard gets adopted, because it's a standard that only dates from last year, you could send the invoice to your bank and it contains all the wiring, wiring information. So you don't have to fill out a wiring form or, or do any extra work. The bank can just get the wiring information from the PDF and everything goes in an automated way. So that's, that's one niche like invoices, that, that's one of the evolutions of PDF. Another one that's very important, especially in the U.S., is uh, PDF-UA. UA stands for Universal Accessibility. So this means that we are going to make PDFs that are also accessible for the blind and the visually impaired. Oh, wow. A lot, a lot of PDFs are treated just like they are an image. So if you have a word on the PDF and you you... That word doesn't know if it's part of a sentence. It doesn't know if you have a line in a PDF. It doesn't know if it's a title or part of a paragraph. Some text could be part of a, a table cell. or uh, So an ordinary PDF doesn't know anything about semantics, doesn't know anything about structure. But for PDF UA, we are going to follow some rules and we are going to apply semantics to the PDF so that we know not only can represent... A visual document the document visually but that the document also knows hey here i have a title this is a paragraph now i have a list with several list items and now i have a table and an image and the image is the representation of for instance me going on a holiday to a national park for instance and so if you follow all these rules then the blind for instance of the or the visually impaired they can pass this document to a screen reader, and the screen reader will tell them, for instance, there's a header, and the content of the header is this. And now we have a list, first item. So because of the fact that we add all these semantics, a machine can read this document out loud or help people to understand what the document is about. So that's, that's another subset uh, subset of PDF that is uh, really well, rather, yeah,
0: recent, that, rather recent, but really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I didn't, I didn't know that 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 function uh, existed. That's uh, that's very cool. We're running low on time, Bruno. I do want to ask you about these ISO standards. I know you have a lot of you do a lot of work there. What what is it, and, and why are standards important? So
1: PDF originally was copyright owned by Adobe Systems, but in 2007 they handed over the copyright of the PDF specification to AIM and with the purpose that AIM would bring this to the ISO, so to the International Standard Organization. And so since 2008, PDF, the core PDF specification is a, a standard. Now, why is this standard important? Well, uh, let me give you the example of Europe. In Europe, we have an identity card, a smart card with with our photo and a, and a, and a chip on it. And we can use this smart card, for instance, to give our identity for instance if we go to the post office to get a registered mail we give our identity card and they can extract our address or check our address from that card now every country in europe has a diff has used a different way to design this smart card so if i go to italy for instance they know the concept of a smart card but they can't read my belgian card because countries in europe didn't follow a standard so this is, this is really not, not good because, for instance, at Kent University, students, they can enroll to the university using their smart card, but only if they are from Belgium, because our system only reads the Belgian smart card. If we would have followed the standard, then uh, we could have used our identity card throughout Europe. Now, the same goes for, for documents. If you create a document or maybe digital signatures, if you create a digital signature, you don't want to be dependent of a single vendor. You want to make sure that if you switch from one vendor to another, that your digital signatures can still be consumed, still, still be validated. And, and so that's one of, the, one of my favorite topics, digital signatures. I'm, I was responsible at the latest ISO meeting to redact the, the section about digital signatures. But you see, interoperability, Especially with a global market, it's very important. And for consumers to be able to switch from country to country, from vendor to vendor, it's important that all vendors implement these standards. Mm.
0: Yes, interoperability is so, so critical across so many industries. So good stuff. All right, well, Bruno, I hate to say it, but we're about out of time. Before we let you go, how can people contact you? Should they have questions? And where can they learn more about iText?
1: So we have this website, itextpdf.com, that's the, the primary source of information, and you can find uh, a lot of free stuff there. For instance, you can download itext for free, but I've also written a couple of books, and one of the most popular books today is The Best Itext Questions on Stack Overflow. So Stack Overflow is a very popular website for developers where they ask questions, and we. Recommend people who have questions about IText, technical questions. That's uh, important to say that Stack Overflow is only for technical questions. If they have technical questions, they can post a question on Stack Overflow, mark it with the tag IText or ITX Sharp, and well, you'll see that I answer a lot of those questions personally because I really like being on Stack Overflow. So those are the, the most important channels to reach
0: us. All right. Bruno Luwaji, the founder of iText. Bruno, it was a real pleasure to have you. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, that wraps this broadcast. Again, on behalf of my guest, Bruno Luwaji, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. All right. Great job.